This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. Oh my god, John, were you up on Wikipedia all night? John, are you okay? You're you're shaking. You guys, you will not believe what I just read on Wiki. Welcome to Reddit on Wiki, the poorly researched, semi-funny podcast on random stuff we find on the internet. Who, who are you talking to? And why are you shaking so much? Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sean, I'm scared. Me too, buddy. Me too. Happy holidays, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast. The only podcast that releases a Christmas episode after Christmas in uh, what I would call successful attempt to undermine the holiday. Now, (laughs) with with that out of the way, let me introduce to you my guests this episode. And because it's the holidays, I thought, why not share this episode with some of the people closest to me? With that being said, my first guest is the glue that keeps me from crumbling because you know what they say, behind every great podcast cult leader is an even greater and more competent partner. And in my case, it is no different. So please welcome to the podcast, my lovely girlfriend and partner in crime, Sienna. I thought you were going to introduce (laughs) Noah. Damn it. Yeah, that was a lot of buildup for me and our relationship. (laughs) Now I feel like, oh yeah, this supremely important person in my life. And then this other random dude. And this guy. (laughs) How are you doing, Sienna? I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, how do you feel about Christmas? Uh, I know how you feel, obviously, but explain to our audience what Christmas means to you. Uh, I love Christmas. Uh, It's like (laughs) the best. Well, Halloween's pretty good too, but I don't know. Christmas is, I have a big family, so we always do a lot of stuff for Christmas and play games and trivia and stuff. So, and it means like baking with my mom and getting to like deliver the baking to all our families and stuff and lots of family time and it's nostalgic and snowy and nice and you go sledding and drink hot chocolate and watch Hallmark movies. Yeah. I was going to say, I think your favorite part is the Hallmark movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the Christmas baking. So yeah, true. Well, that's awesome. My second and final guest has been one of my closest friends ever since we started playing soccer together over 13 years ago. Though most of our relationship is ribbing each other and him wishing he had my soccer skills, he's still one of my closest allies and best friends. Please welcome Noah. Noah, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Joshua. How are you? Good, good. Now, same question to you. How do you feel about Christmas and what does it mean to you? Yeah, probably the opposite. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I like trash. I like trash Hallmark movies. Baked goods are great. I'll see what they have to do with this holiday. Like, I, I don't hate Christmas. I don't, it's not that like I don't like it. It's, I, I, Typically, well, also a little backstory. I live in British Columbia. My whole family's in Ontario, especially with COVID. You know, you don't get to see your family. Everyone's kind of in that boat. True. But even the past couple of years, you know, like I, I spend Christmas kind of 
on my own here in BC. It's, I find it a very relaxing and enjoyable holiday. Mm. I don't know why it needs to take up a month and a half. <laughs> I've been listening to Christmas music nonstop. That's pretty much everyone's flack with Christmas, right? Yeah. Like we start playing Christmas music in October. My store actually, to their credit, started like a week and a half ago. Okay. But even then I was like, oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> Two more weeks. It's like play it the week of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate it. I like it. I'm not ready to die on die for it. Well, you might enjoy this episode then, Noah. Sienna's going to probably hate this. Oh, but <laughs> but uh, let me start this episode with a bit of a story to get everyone in the mood for this wonderful holiday episode. Oh. Are you guys ready for this amazing story? I am. Is this the story of the cult? Is it Jesus? Is this a story about Jesus? Is that the cult? That's a dude who thought he was Jesus? Yeah. Let me let me tell okay. the story. <laughs> well, I want to guess about it. Is, is it. is it about Jesus? He is mentioned in this story. Oh, okay. Not not this one coming cool, up, yeah. but the whole episode. He will be mentioned in the episode. Now, now, is this like one of those, like a creepy cult or like an everyone died cult? This is a, well, it's kind of creepy when you think about it. When you think about I want something overtly creepy. Is it too late to change the cult? Is it too late to make it creepier? <laughs> Why, are you afraid, Noah? <laughs> no, I want it to be creepier. Let me start with the story to get the... All right, get, cool. I'll mute my it. microphone so you get a chance. Sure okay. <laughs> On a winter night years ago, a little girl and boy sat in their bedroom, huddled together, listening for any noises that might threaten to disturb the quiet darkness. They were excited, giddy even. They had invited a strange man over, a man they had met at the mall. They tried not to fall asleep for fear of missing their sly new friend. They had been writing to the stranger for weeks now. They knew that he had been watching them. He watched them as they played, as they ate, as they slept. And on the day that they finally got to meet him, he invited them to sit on his lap. Wow. As hard as they tried to keep their little eyes open and their little ears alert, they eventually did succumb to the deep temptations of sleep. When they awoke, they ran downstairs to see if the stranger had come. The first place they checked was their fireplace. Had he come crashing through the chimney like he'd promised? It seemed to their delight that he had. The cookies they'd left for him at his request had been eaten. Next, they checked the present bags, socks they had hung over the chimneys, for the stranger to place presents inside. They knew that the stranger would only leave presents to children who had been good, for the bad kids, the naughty kids, the kids who bent the rules or stomped their feet, whined at supper or fought at bedtime, he would leave them something else. Eagerly, they tore open their socks. Inside the girls was a doll. Inside the boys was a lump of black coal, a punishment for misbehaving. For not following the stranger's rules, the little boy burst into tears. This stranger is worshipped by billions of children around the globe, children who do whatever they can to be good, because they know if they are bad, he will see them. He will add their names to a list, and on that one night a year where every child awaits his special visit to their home, he will punish them. Because today's cult, we will be discussing the Christmas cult. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't sound that bad to me. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the story? Did I, uh, did I encapsulate Christmas pretty accurately? I mean, you can put a negative spin on anything. <laughs> like the story is, most stories that are like in folklore and stuff, they don't have a great start. But... Yeah, that's something someone deeply ingrained yeah. in the cult would say. <laughs> Sorry, this is just, this is about this is about people who love Christmas like like cult like. Yeah, that's everyone, right? But so it's not like a bunch of people who got together <laughs> drank the Kool Aid. No, no, no. We already did that episode. This is not creepy enough for me, Josh. <laughs> it gets pretty creepy. I want to hear people like like murdering each other or like people dressing up as Santa Claus, dropping down chimneys, and then like murdering whole families. Oh that's what I was God. expecting. <laughs> like a cult, like an actual cult. All right. So I think 
next year I'll be talking about Noah and his new cult. Uh, <laughs> I said, I'm not saying I want to do it. I'm just saying I want to talk about it. I'll call it Christmas cult part two. Oh God. Part two. <laughs> so I'm going to get into the origins of the Christmas yeah. cult. So the Christmas cult dates back to 280 AD when a young Greek man named Nicholas roamed the streets of Myra, what is now known as Turkey, sharing his great wealth with those in need. Nicholas, like many cult leaders, had a troubled past. His parents had died during an epidemic when Nicholas was still young. He became an orphan, but his hardship What, what kind of epidemic? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just said, <laughs> you know, what was the epidemic? I couldn't figure out what the epidemic God was. damn it. <laughs> no, we should know. We uh, took ancient history and archaeology, so. Yeah, true. Plague of Justinian. The Ju- Justinianic plague <laughs> was at the beginning of the first plague pandemic, the Old World Plague. Contagious disease caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis. The disease affected the entire Mediterranean basin, Europe, and the Near East, affecting the Sasanian Empire, Roman Empire, and especially its capital. The plague was named for the Roman Empire at the time. It killed about a fifth of the population at the capital. What did it do, though? (laughs) It's it's, it's apparently a similar bacterium to what was responsible for the Black Death, but it's not the exact same, or they don't think it was the exact same one. Okay, interesting. Still Still killed a bunch of people. So we can maybe assume it's that. Yeah. Oh, like uh, you, like your hands would get necrotic. Parts of your body would fall off. You lose the nerve endings. I like to think Nicholas killed his parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why would he kill his parents, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's, he's a pretty good guy at this point. Sure. You know? I just need the context of the plague. Okay. Was well, it yeah, a big we'll deal just, or, was it, or was it fake like this current coronavirus? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get shut down. Yeah. So he became an orphan, but his hardships left him inspired to help others who were also facing hard times. His parents had left Nicholas with a lofty inheritance, which he cheerily shared with those around him, distributing nearly all of his wealth to the poor. I mean, like most cult leaders, he starts out being charitable, good, helping people out. Yeah. Doesn't sound too bad. (laughs) Just like Jim Jones. Just like almost every cult leader I've talked to. All great people. Nicholas also lent a hand to children in need. In one instance, Nicholas heard a father who had lost all his money due to, according to the life of St. Nicholas, the plotting and envy of Satan. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's just what the quote said. He lost it to Satan. So he probably spent it gambling or drinking or some shit and blamed it on Satan. Because Why not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) Hail Satan. Yeah. (laughs) Without money, he could not afford to give dowries for his three daughters. No dowries meant no husbands for the three little girls who would be forced to turn to prostitution instead. Wouldn't it suck to be so ugly that you couldn't even like give your daughter away? You had to pay Uh, someone to take her. Okay, but in fairness, like if you're like a young single person in Turkey or not Turkey at this point. And Mira. yeah, Yeah. And you have the choice between a girl that's like fine and another girl that's like fine but has money coming with her depends on there's a number of factors <laughs> personality is the last on the list but yeah. i mean what, what are we talking i mean this what is a different here? age though you're not marrying for love yeah you're marrying for the goats yeah, <laughs> yeah. and bind your families together i guess I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know i don't know super hot chick doesn't have mm. a dowry plain jane has a dowry looks don't last forever <laughs> That's fit. No, true. That's a diminishing. But goats will feed you for a lifetime. Yeah. (laughs) Will they? Will they? What if you kill them all? That's what I'm saying. There's so many variables in this decision. I think, I think maybe this guy was just being a weak ass bitch. Have better looking children. (laughs) 
Well, he was an alcoholic or a gambler. We're not sure yet, but <laughs> yeah, I think we're putting a lot of blame on this guy. We don't know. Maybe he, maybe he just like invested poorly in a business. Fuck him, right? And his daughters. Was there a lot of investments back then? For sure. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, Wall Street. Yeah, we have like texts from Sumer about <laughs> yeah. how to run your business. That was like three thousand years before <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I'm a cult expert, not a archaeologist. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a cult expert? Are you? Ask me anything. <laughs> it's okay let's just let's just let's move on i just i just feel like i mean if his daughters were hot we wouldn't be having this conversation you know I mean? unwilling to let these three girls succumb to the life on the streets nicholas secretly delivered them three bags of gold in the middle of the night just so that they could marry Nice, pretty good guy yeah i mean i don't know why he didn't help any of the other prostitutes out in this time but uh he helped those three girls. i think it's like uh it's like you know they hadn't become prostitutes yet you know what i mean so mm. like he, he was preventing yeah what he saw to be a, a turn down a bad road. Those other bitches right down a bad road. What are you going to do? No, fuck them <laughs> at that point. You know what I mean? We shouldn't help people who are, who could better their lives. We just help people before they have the opportunity to ruin it. So it's confirmed that Noah and Santa hate prostitutes. Hate's a strong word. <laughs> Not hate anyone. Look down upon? No, no. I'm just, you know, maybe you're okay. too far gone for help. St. Nicholas only got a couple bags of gold. You're going to help the people who are already <laughs> prostituting or you're going to help the people who are yet to prostitute. What has the highest yield on that bag of gold? This is this is law. This is science. This is business. Yes. In another instance, Nicholas <laughs> arrived at an inn to find that the keeper was behaving strangely. The charitable man sensed that something terrible had happened. On instinct alone, he figured out that the keeper had murdered three boys and dismembered their bodies before stuffing them into barrels in the basement. I. What? I don't know how you can go off instinct yeah. alone knowing that. Like You just get a gut feeling that, yeah. oh, he's murdered three kids. Yeah. Have you been to a pub before and then immediately yeah. just suspected the owner had kids dismembered in barrels in the basement? Maybe he was acting sketchy. I don't know. I, I don't know if you, I think, no, let's talk about intuition for a second. I don't know if you could say, hey, look, I know, <laughs> I know this guy did something. Have you ever met someone who you know is like, I was on an elevator the other day and uh, this dude was already in the elevator from a floor below when I got on. And I walked in and, and his eyes met my eyes and I just turned around and obviously the door closed. But I was immediately aware that this was someone who was not to be trusted, if that makes sense. It wasn't, right. it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily yeah. about how he was dressed or what he was carrying with him. It's just like my eyes met his eyes and I was like, I know that you're up to some shit. It was not the same as like an eye deflect or like a, a nod or like, you know how white people go like, hey. Like we do that, like <laughs> chin not up. It it had nothing to do with any of that. It's just like my eyes met his eyes, and I was like, "You could start some shit right now." <laughs> game recognized game. Like this, could, this elevator could get gnarly real quick. But no, like you, 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 you meet someone, you're like, "Oh yeah, you're not a threat." But your brain, like that weird reptilian part of your brain, goes like, right. "That that person could is capable of shit." I can see it. Right. That's fair. Do I know? Do I know that he murdered kids? No, but if I had to put, if I had to bet on black, I would. <laughs> that guy, yeah. that dude in that elevator murdered some people. Oh my gosh. Well, both you and Nicholas's instinct were right. Nicholas discovered the kids and was able to resurrect their corpses, oh. even after they'd been heavily mutilated. You're right. Me and Nicholas are so similar. This <laughs> is like carbon copies of is each other. Is this the first instance of like magic? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the first instance of, you know, like most cults have healing rituals. Yeah. Others have like future telling abilities, this guy can bring people back to life. Is this like the OG Chris Kringle story? This is the OG Chris King okay. Kringle story. Verified. Like, this is what happened. Verified? Yeah. I mean, well, verified through stories. Yeah. I guess I wasn't there, so. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a first-hand account. Lo and behold, I am not however many years old. I can't do math right now, but uh, 
Legend of the saint who helps children spread around Europe, and soon St. Nicholas was known as one who brought gifts to children. What started as a gift of gold and the gift of life soon transformed into more traditional presents, like toys, balls, and blocks. From 1200 to 1500, Europeans celebrated St. Nicholas Day on the 6th of December. So fun fact, it wasn't the 25th. Well, didn't they change it to the 25th? Oh my God. (laughs) You're ruining the story. (laughs) Gifts were brought to children in the middle of the night, supposedly by St. Nicholas himself, and families would have a feast in his honor. Parents told their children that St. Nicholas would only bring them presents if they said their prayers and were well behaved. If not, their beloved jolly St. Nick would bring them nothing. So we're already getting into the uh, devote following, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, the punishment that follows if you don't obey him. What's, so why, but why are they, why they love this dude? Because he's, he's not doing gifts yet, is he? He's just giving people bags of gold if they don't have money and he's resurrecting kids. No, he just, yeah, he's giving gifts now. Yeah, it's expanded onto oh. gifts now. Oh, so he's moved on from the important shit. Now he's just giving toys. Yeah, yeah. Not going to lie. I'd worship the dude with the money and the resurrection abilities. <laughs> I could give a shit about a wooden horse or a doll. Well, kids are simple, I guess. <laughs> they love the balls and toys, you know? Mm. That sounded weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> However, once Protestant Reformation began in the 1500s, St. Nicholas was no longer worshipped. Still, parents needed a way to bribe their children into compliance. So they told them that baby Jesus would bring them presents on the 25th. So we're on the 25th now. And I think this concept is a lot more fun. I mean, imagine a baby, you know, flying around, jumping into fireplaces. So wait, because they became, because the culture shifted Protestant, the religion became the religion that was common. That's why they no longer worship Nick. So he wasn't kosher with the Protestants. They were like, yo, we can't, we can't, we can't have this so resurrecting. He, he was like pagan. Yeah, I guess yeah. he would have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because during 244, right? They're not Christian yeah. yet in Turkey. Mm-hmm. They're not following Catholicism. I wouldn't imagine so. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, so they're like, this is a barbaric celebration, but everyone had kind of gotten used to it. So they were like, all right, here's a bone. Baby Jesus brings you presents. They, they, did a, they did a lot of that though. Like, like, so as Catholicism kind of spreads, right? You have all these temples where there's like all these other gods. And so mm-hmm. they know that they can't just like throw out all the old statues. They got to keep people coming in. So they're like, yo, we'll keep your statues. We're just going to change the, the speech a little bit. It's not, not about these older gods anymore. It's about this one really cool guy. But you can keep your statues. And they just did that for a little bit. <laughs> and then they just started slowly changing the decor over time. Yeah. And then they're just, all right, now it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. I just want to make sure that I was on point with why they did that. Yeah. No, no, for sure. However, the kids had a hard time believing that the baby Jesus was going around. You know, uh, baby Jesus hardly seems strong enough to carry gifts for for like an entire continent. Well, you have like texts saying, yo, I'm trying to get my kids to behave. But these Protestant bitches (laughs) make this story about baby Jesus. My kids aren't buying it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, is this very like... Is this as verified as can be? Yes. Kids are having a hard time believing in the baby Jesus. I, I saw an article that said, quote, yo, this new religion is fucked up. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is uh, confirmed that the kids were... So it's part of the, part, part of the story. People weren't buying it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it, it goes into like, yeah, kids couldn't believe that the baby would punish them or do anything like that. So it was hard to get them to behave and follow the, you know, the rules of the cult. Sure, yeah. And so, parents told their children that baby Jesus would be accompanied on Christmas by a big, scary assistant who would carry the presents for good kids and take care of punishing the bad ones. These figures were based on St. Nicholas, but much more threatening. 
One such figure was Rue Claus, or Rough Nicholas. Another was Pensnickel, or mm-hmm. Furry Nicholas. If children misbehave, the punishment at the hand of Rue Claus or Pensnickel, Pelsnickel? Pelsnickel, could range from whipping to kidnapping. The most famous of these beastly Jesus sidekicks is Krampus, of course, a half-demon, half-goat who beats children with sticks to get them to behave. If he doesn't, he sends them to the underworld. That's like almost every culture has like a Santa Claus and like an anti Claus. Like yeah. There's like Pierre Foutard in like France and like stuff. Yeah. Right, right. So the Grinch, am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the more modern. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, baby Jesus like, is a good cop. Baby Jesus comes in, he's like, I'm here for you. Just believe in me. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in you. Get Krampus in here. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I forgive you, but this guy, yeah. <laughs> he does not. This guy's so. going to send you to the underworld. <laughs> he's going to banish I'll deal your with soul. baby Jesus. You seem reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> so while the rest of Europe welcomed the satanic Christmas beast with open arms, the Netherlands were not so willing to give up on their beloved St. Nicholas. As they began to emigrate to the New World, they took their traditions of St. Nicholas with them. Still, though, the New World did not celebrate Christmas the way we do today. Jerry Bowler, author of Santa Claus, a biography, Christmas, quote, was celebrated as a kind of outdoor, alcohol-fueled, rowdy community blowout. There was no particular magical gift-bringer, unquote. So this sounds like the perfect Christmas for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, for you and Noah, this sounds like a perfect Christmas. It's always fun drinking wine on Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> Family and friends. That, up. that was like every weekend at our house in university. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah, alcohol, we, we, we didn't need out. Christmas as an excuse. It was like we had like, oh, let's have a Hawaiian theme party. Let's just do 90s. Like, let's do Christmas. <laughs> let's just drink. <laughs> Any reason. Yeah. Of course, no cult leader can stay down for long. And by the 19th century, his most loyal worshippers worked hard to bring back St. Nicholas into the mainstream. In 1809, Washington Irvine wrote, Knickerbocker's History of New York, which showed someone named Nicholas who flew over rooftops dropping presents down for good girls and boys and beating bad kids with a switch. Nice. He's abusive, but I guess it's better than sending your, your ass to the underworld. Yeah. So. <laughs> Improvement. We're, we're, get, we're, getting, we're moving into a better mm-hmm. direction. Then in 1821, an anonymous illustrated poem called The Children's Friend showed the first modern portrayal of Santa Claus. The poem showed St. Nicholas clad in fur. He had a little wagon and a pet reindeer to pull it. He gave presents to children who had been good. For those who had been bad, he had a birch rod ready. According to the poem, the rod directs a parent's hand to use when virtues pass, his son refuses. Oh, gosh. People were just awful to their kids. This is like discipline era parenting. Yeah. (laughs) I respect it. In fact, I encourage it. Kids, kids today walk around like "fuck you, mom, dad." Have some god, have some goddamn respect. Santa, you're a teacher. You know this yeah, is the case. Kids sometimes there's less authority on par- like yeah. people have less afford- yeah. authority over it. Yeah, I would never be like, "Oh, this random dude beats my kids with a rod." Cool, totally down yeah. for that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but it's gonna get them to behave a little bit better. <laughs> that's that's the thing, you know. What I mean, that's the, I mean. Do I believe in lying to children? Not necessarily, but if it... But do you do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? You can't have premarital sex. Girls' vaginas have teeth. It'll bite your dick off. Oh, my Is God. it true? No. Is it true? No. But will they have premarital sex? They'll probably think twice about it. <laughs> I, I don't know that it would have stopped me, but it'll. Oh, my kids might be dumb as fuck. It might stop them. <laughs> oh, God. Some lies justify the ends. The means justify the ends. I, I guess... Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm firm, firmly tilted in this movie. Okay. You can't yeah. shake it. <laughs> so. 
The very next year in 1822, Clement Kirk Moore wrote A Visit from St. Nicholas for His Children. Today, the piece is more widely known Just as the night, the night Before Christmas. There you go. Sienna knows this one. In this portrayal, St. Nicholas... <laughs> I got the copy of the storybook I got the storybook for my sister's little baby for wow. Christmas. In this portrayal, St. Nicholas drove a sleigh guided by eight reindeer, and thus the patron saint of children had succeeded in becoming a sensational legend, a leader, someone to be worshipped by children across the world. And to top it all off, in the 20th century, Coca-Cola portrayed the saint as a jolly chubby grandfather in a red suit and hat with a long white beard. So Coca-Cola was the first one to do that? Oh yeah, yeah, they they capped off the red and white just to brand them Coca-Cola, basically. How we know Santa today is Coca-Cola's yeah. image of it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. How did I? How did I make it this long without knowing? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, that's like general knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the 14 year old that just found out Santa wasn't real. <laughs> like that kid's a loser. <laughs> it's been so hard at school because like I was in like a grade three four class like this week and or the week before Christmas and so many kids were like Santa's not real, right? And then other kids are like Santa's real, right? And it's just like and you're like yes, yes to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Soon, St. Nicholas was widely known as Santa Claus. Santa was praised by his worshippers across the globe. He starred in songs, movies, books. Children created new traditions to honor him, including leaving him milk and cookies and writing him letters. Relishing in his glory, Santa made appearances at in malls where he invited children to sit on his lap so he could whisper, Merry Christmas, <laughs> in their ear. And to any child who misbehave, Santa made one thing clear— Well, it may no longer be PC for him to smack kids with a rod. He can replace that PS5 they had in mind with a lump of ugly, useless coal. Not quite beating, I guess is better. Yeah. We're going to forget about the beatings now. (laughs) I miss the OG Santa. Yeah. I want the dude who beats kids. And Krampus. Resurrects them. Hands out gold. I miss baby Jesus. Yeah, Yeah. I miss baby Jesus. (laughs) Indeed, most cult members would never consider the group they joined to be a cult. Sienna? (laughs) Members of the Christmas cult which is the largest cult in the world with billions of devout followers, are no different. It's a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyone outside this cult might find it odd that children are sitting on a bearded stranger's lap at a mall and inviting him to come tumbling down their chimneys while they are asleep at night. These traditions are perfectly normal to Santa worshippers. As far as mom and dad are concerned, these bizarre, borderline creepy rituals are the only things keeping the kids in line. Without Santa, their children would be back-talking little brats on track for a life of delinquency. Maybe if you're not a good parenting. (laughs) Well, no, it might not be, okay? I feel like, I can only speak from personal experience. I feel like maybe in the month of Christmas, it was like, yeah, it would be good because of Santa. But that only worked till... Like, no one in, like, June is don't. I don't. Santa's coming, yeah. So, like, in, if you told me in June, be good, Santa's coming, I'd be like, I don't think you have... Yeah. What is it? I don't, I don't think you have the forethought. That's, that, that, that's a lifetime away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything could change between now and then. When you're a child, 15 minutes is forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much it really, it really affected my behavior morality. It was my parents' harsh, harsh parenting. <laughs> strict parenting. Yeah, yeah. That kept me in line. Their, uh, their birchy uh, rod or whatever it was. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm still shook that Coca-Cola made Santa oh. the way he looks. <laughs> I haven't really re- rebounded from that. <laughs> it's just like, that's kind of wild. With Santa, their children followed the rules, stayed quiet, and grew up to be doctors and lawyers. Did you guys grow up to be doctors and lawyers? Uh, I, I didn't. No. <laughs> I don't know how much we're going to leave in from before, but I'm a car salesman. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been pretty honest about that. 
nor nor would I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, you know, I don't like blood, so I'm out on the doctor one. Yeah, I'm out on research, so I'm on the out on the lawyer one. Although I guess what is this podcast if yeah, I'm not? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> to be fair, you didn't know what the plague was, so even if you do like research, you're not good at it, and, uh, and I wouldn't recommend a career. In it. If I don't research it, I don't know it. <laughs> that's, fair. Fair. that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Parents in the Christmas cult are so afraid of misbehaving kids that they've gone to new levels to ensure their child's compliancy. Some have found that just telling kids that they're being watched is not an effective way to scare them. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Children must know for certain that someone is watching them at all times, making sure they never stray off the good path. So parents created Elf on, Elf on a Shelf. shelf. <laughs> it's cute, though. And they have it in the like classrooms, and then the kids are so excited to see where it is every day. Wow. Like, it's not creepy. It's cute. What's this? An Elf on the Shelf. You change. He moves every day. And he's like watching you. On his own? Like, uh, yes, on his own. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. He's it's magic, supposed to be magic. Noah. It is. It's supposed to Jesus be magic. Jesus Christ. I haven't even gone over the Santa thing yet. You guys are scaring <laughs> me with moving elves. So, you, so elf, on, okay. So, I've heard the term elf on a shelf. Never gave it any mind because I thought it was just one of those things people like a toy say. Or it was after we so, were kids. Yeah, we, it, it wasn't around when we were young. It's yeah. like a new thing. So, it's only, it's only in schools. No, no. You have an like, elf. You'd have it at home, but like a lot of teachers do it for a classroom elf. And a lot of kids like have one at home. So like in the morning, one kid was like, it was in my blender this morning, Miss Polly. <laughs> so it's like, where's Waldo? But an elf. Yeah. yeah. And the, the bit is the elf is watching you. Yeah. And it changes positions every day. So like you, you try to do fun things with it, like zip line across the kitchen or <laughs> a lot of them this year did like quarantine. They quarantined their elf. Oh, like, at the start. interesting. So it was like in like little Put a mask on boxes. Them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It seems a little creepy to me. <laughs> so you perfectly summed up the next two paragraphs I had. Oh, so this is awesome. And as you said, children are excited to see Elf on a Shelf and parents have tricked their kids into believing that being watched at all times is a good thing, that it is something to look forward to. It seems that once again, the youngest members of the cult are easiest to brainwash. <laughs> <laughs> the lead up to Christmas Eve, the night that Santa has promised children he will visit them in their homes is a big deal in the Christmas cult. For a whole month, families prepare for their leader's visit. From hanging socks on the fireplace, to baking cookies, to dressing in hand-knit sweaters, depicting Santa's face. Matching pajamas. Matching pajamas, yeah. They hang lights on their house so that Santa can't miss it. Some families, and even Sienna, use special calendars to count down the days of the big man's arrival. Uh, to be fair, I just like eating the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, not far against Christmas, Advent calendars are dope. Yeah, there should be some sort of Advent sick. calendar for the entire year. I agree. And it should be different things, not just chocolate, because obviously... Oh, you can you get, know, like, tea and wine and cheese advent calendars. Oh, damn. There's a, a lot of different... I, I don't know how cheese would stay good I for that you long. you put it in the fridge, it's a for fridge sure. fridge one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a chore. Even <laughs> an advent calendar, you have to take in and out of yeah. the fridge every day. <laughs> I think that I'm behind a few days, so I get to... Oh, you get to... Like, December 11th was my last chocolate. Holy so shit. I've got a lot to catch up on. I'm excited. It's, it's Christmas in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Sienna, it's not, it's not an advent calendar anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's just, well, I mean, she did admit that is the reason she yeah. has it. So. Yeah, but I like the act of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one thing that I actually enjoy of Christmas from my childhood was my, we would always have advent calendars. And that was always like a fun part of the month. No, for sure. I liked that arguably more than the rest of it. 
Yeah. That's the only like, this part. Is, like, this is consistency. This is, there's more than one of these days. Yeah. yeah. And now the whole month celebrating makes sense because I'm getting to open this calendar every day. Well, if this is the <laughs> yeah. celebration, I understand. It's like every night's a present. Yeah, we did in the morning before school because it was yeah. like today's, in the morning, today's this day. Animals. Josh, there are no <laughs> fucking rules, okay? It's not like you have to have chocolate in the evening. No, that's so true. You can have chocolate whenever you want. No, that's not. <laughs> I was beat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you guys ever like do the advent calendar? Like you light, like light the advent candle one. Like it's a Catholic thing. But okay, that's this why is a new cult. Advent. No, it's because that's why it's called an advent calendar. I was just thinking about that because the period before Christmas is Advent. Oh, and it's like you light the advent. Like there's four advent candles. Four. I hope I'm right on this. <laughs> but <laughs> Whatever. You got. You're not Catholic, are you, Noah? Uh, no, we were Christians. We went to church like every week, and uh, you know. Catholicism, Christian, you tithes, right? You donate right. to the church. Yeah. And my parents, my parents thought like it, they were like, yeah, no, we, we need to take our kids to church. We want them to live morally. Yeah. We want to teach them these important lessons. And then it was actually my dad had our whole family stop going. So oh. he did really super well in the nineties in, yeah. in the tech bubble and the boom. He was selling stuff. He, they were like, yeah, it's 10% of your annual income. You should donate to the church. And so the first couple of years, so I was like an infant, they were, they were donating that. And then as the years went on, he, he was like, it was just like government raising your tax bracket or like a <laughs> poor person asking for money. He was like, it was like, it was literally like a beggar type situation. It was like every few months they'd be like, Hey, you know, yeah, it's really good to donate more if you have it and you're doing well. And my dad was like, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've already done 15%. I've already done 20%. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. Right. Like, is this about the community or is this just about you asking me for money every four months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got super frustrated by that. He's better off just paying his taxes. <laughs> it got to the point where he was like, they're asking for more than the government is asking. And it's not like he yielded or gave in. Yeah. But he's like, with the frequency with which they asked, he was like, how, how the fuck are you supposed to do that? And how's that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And that sure. wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't a cult, right? It wasn't like a small uh. subsect. It was like it's mainstream Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Big, big church, lots of people, my whole family, everything. And now, now my dad, when I talk, is like, I should have kept you going to church. <laughs> he's like, he's like I, I made a mistake. Maybe, maybe the money would have been worth it. Yeah. You turned out to be a terrible human being. <laughs> I was like, money, money well spent. I love me. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways. When Christmas Eve finally comes, children make sure that their parents turn off the fires in the chimney and in some cases lay pillows down in the fireplace to soften Santa's fall. Children fight to stay awake so that they can steal a peek at their rosy-cheeked friend, but so far, no child has managed to catch a glimpse. They say that's because when Santa makes his way down the chimney, he sprinkles sleep powder over children's beds to keep them sleeping. So there's more magic. I've never heard of that. Also, I I take objection to no kids ever seen it. There's a song that, oh, that quotes and says, I saw mommy kissing, kissing Santa Claus. So where the fuck did that come from, Josh? It was verified. The, it, was, <laughs> it was the kid's dad dressed up as Santa Claus. Kissing mom. You can't tell me that. I don't believe it. <laughs> You're like this is a this is a historical text from the time. <laughs> it is a it is a primary source. The kid saw Santa Claus. He wrote it down. Was it you, Noah? Were you the kid? <laughs> My uh, no. I, I never tried to stay awake to see Santa Claus. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I did either. I did the fair uh, tooth fairy. Mm. I tried to stay awake for the tooth fairy. Fair. That's when I found the tooth fairy wasn't real. <laughs> my my brother. After he found out Santa Claus wasn't real, wrote a very strongly worded letter to my parents. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no, my mom still has it in her safe where she keeps jewelry and other obviously very important yeah. items. That's so funny. And she'll never throw away this letter because it is the most, he is in pain. Like you can oh. hear it in the, 
in the Coralia. miswritten backwards lettered words that he's writing. He's, he's, he's younger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it's, it's not even, it's to them, but it's also like speaking past them. It's the weirdest fucking <laughs> yeah. So he goes, I cannot believe my parents have lied to me my whole life. Yeah. And if they've lied about this, <laughs> what else have they lied about? Oh my God. And, and are they being truthful about anything else? The fact that they, they think that I would never find out or that they thought this made me happy. Well, now it makes me sad. <laughs> and, and and I would never lie to my children about anything. And oddly enough, he turned out to be the, probably the best one out of you guys. <laughs> yeah, Liam is undoubtedly the best. Yeah. yeah. Morally speaking. I don't know what that says about lying to your kids, but. He, he was what? He was like eight or nine. He was older than I was when he found out, but it hit him super hard. Yeah. I mean, that's a reasonable age, I think, to find yeah. out. My sister told me. Of course. <laughs> my friends at school were all like, you know, Santa's not real. And I was like, and my parents, I asked my parents, they're like, yeah, you know what, Noah, but you got to keep it alive for the younger ones. I was like, yeah, no big yeah. deal. This was in high school. I kind of suspected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Noah, you're 16. <laughs> you Throw the fuck gotta up. move past this. My letter is much more strongly written. Yeah, it was, it was directed at me, though, not, not his parents. <laughs> On Christmas morning, children eagerly await to find out if they were on Santa's nice list or his dreaded naughty list. If they are on his naughty list, they are heartbroken, but glad at least that in Santa's old age, he no longer has the strength to beat them, kidnap them, or send them to the underworld. <laughs> A lump of coal seems pretty good in comparison. In conclusion, when St. Nicholas first saved three daughters from a life of prostitution and resurrected three dismembered boys from the dead, he likely could never have predicted that one day he'd be worshipped as a jolly fat man in a red suit, flying down chimneys and reminding children to be good or else. I like to think that the patron saint of children would be proud of this Christmas icon he's become. If nothing else, the Christmas cult reminds us that parents will do anything to keep their children in check. Who can blame them? Christmas is a stressful enough time, and the last thing parents need to deal with in between shoveling their car out of the snow, hitting the overcrowded shopping malls, with a whiny kid tugging at their parents' leg. Let's just be glad they're no longer threatening their kids with the wrath of Krampus. <laughs> I'm going to teach my kids only about Krampus. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> like the office where do I, do I do the Krampus bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, Belschnickel. He does Belschnickel. Belschnickel. Oh yeah, Belschnickel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, well, I, th I think it's wild is how much it changed, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I knew everyone knows the origin of St. Nick, the guy who has nothing to do with, but is going around giving toys uh, mm -hmm. to like a small, like I thought it was like a small community that did it. Who, who put Chris Kringle? Like where did Chris Kringle come? Like what culture? I'm sure it was just a different culture. Yeah. That, and maybe they just had Chris Kringle. So they associated with St. Nick cause they were so similar. It could be that it could be, there was maybe another guy named Chris Kringle yeah. that did similar things, and then it just kind of... So Webster's Automated. Dictionary traces Chris Kringle back to the German Christkindy. Oh, okay. Chris Kringle. Oh, there you go. Meaning Christ child, and indicates the first documented use in 1830. Yeah. Okay, so later, yeah. The yeah. Christ child and Saint Nick, patron of merchants and children, still share the same holiday. So okay. it's yeah. a phonetic same, variant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, most cultures. Yeah, most probably. different yeah. countries or, yeah, it would have different names yeah. or stuff like that. But yeah, how do you guys feel about the Christmas cult? I think you focused a lot on how it's <laughs> meant to discipline kids when there's like so much more encompasses. Like it's like you have all like your lights up and like I'm sure you could have done a bit about chopping down a living tree and putting it in your house and yeah, making yeah, it sound yeah, yeah. morbid, but it's like fun. <laughs> and like, I don't know, it's just, I like Christmas. I think there are a lot of good things about Christmas. I think we everyone always know, talks about 
the commercialization of it and yeah. selling stuff and how people feel obligated to buy and people spend money they don't have and all that stuff is obviously uh, we know about that but there but like sienna some of my favorite times with my family are from like we lived in muskoka at our mm-hmm. cottage for a number of years we would go chop down a small tree off the property and that was always like a great day with it was mm-hmm. always like my parents wouldn't go with us so it was me and my brother and my sister snow oh, pants and jackets nice. and cold and we would go my sister would choose the tree and my brother and i would chop it down and then we would carry it back and i remember our dog was with us all the time and so there are aspects of christmas i love a bunch yeah yeah, yeah josh was a little bit a little bit hateful <laughs> of it yeah. i think listen, he was doing it mostly for my my benefit listen yeah. if if we call christmas a cult we could call basically any group anything. a cult yeah. or anything and a cult. Or any tradition or folklore or anything that's like you could say halloween is a cult yeah i mean yeah kids dress up in masks like, <laughs> like you can you can put a spin on anything oh yeah yeah i will say you said this episode was going to be great i was expecting a cult murder was was around christmas time or had a christmas theme to it and yeah it's the whole i wonder if there are there are there are i wanted something with scandal i wanted something with murder (laughs) i wanted something with like i had that sexual deviant element okay and now we're just talking about the origins of christmas (laughs) and i feel like this is more of a historical podcast has nothing to do with cults i was just ready to get weird today i'm gonna have to let my weirdness out elsewhere well, oh, God, <laughs> um, don't go into work today. Uh, <laughs> no, you'll have to hop on to another one. Yeah, I'll, like, I, there are God. there are tons of cults that uh, where there's murders and yeah, sexual deviance and and stuff. I want to. I will fun. say this is this this is super fun. Yeah, I like I like the conversation talking about it. I uh, I don't know that I'll be invited back, but I would love to be invited back. No, you're you're definitely def- <laughs> definitely definitely welcome to have both of you back. Oh, yeah. thank you. This was fun. I liked having you guys on. I wanted to make this, uh, you know, holiday one, a lighthearted one that I could spend with you two. And uh, I like lighthearted. Yeah. Special thanks to you two for coming on. Appreciate it. Is there anything you'd like to say to my audience? Fred. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Have Merry a blast. Christmas. Wow. That's cute. Start, start, beating your, start beating your kids. No. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of seeing it when I go outside. There's a lack of responsibility and <laughs> ethics. No. And instead of incentivizing them to be good, punish them for being bad. Like, no, <laughs> Bring back root claws <laughs> or rough this claws. Is, this is obviously a bit, yeah, don't worry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have a happy holidays. I yes, hope your families holidays. are all doing well. Wow. It's going to suck not to see each other as much given the pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know what? Do what you can and just be kind to each other. Yeah. That was well great. said, Noah. Sienna, can you follow that I up? I cannot follow that up. <laughs> Happy holidays. Uh, she stuck with me over the holidays. Yeah, so I'm already yeah, feel bad feeling for her. sad about yeah. it now. <laughs> Just kidding. If you're loving this podcast, be sure to give us a review and tell your friends about it. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at let's underscore cult. You can follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash let's start a cult pod. Or you can go to let's start a cult podcast.com and sign up for a newsletter. And I'm super excited for the new year. I have some new segments coming up. I will be adding an ad-free version of the episodes on my Buy Me a Coffee page. So if you like the show and want to support us without having to listen to ads, you know, there's another option. I will also be upgrading the YouTube channel episodes, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Sienna's seen some behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of that. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful and safe holiday. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? 
in the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing leg day. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com slash cultivate. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show.